<laughs> but then we'll uh, go ahead and and open up. Um, Alethea, did I call in you last week to, to pray? If not, would you say it yeah, for us it. today? Yeah, Please record the prayer. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll remind me to unpause them. All right. There you go. Oh, can I just tell you guys a funny story? Are yeah. you recording? Yes, he is. <laughs> oh, okay. See, see these earrings? <laughs> I wear them all the time. My friend gave them to me. So last week I went to the temple and I went to do ceilings and I was getting dressed and I went, oh, I got my earrings on. I got my mints in this pocket. So I'm going to put my earrings in this pocket because all that's in there is my key. So I went with my friend and um, I put all my clothes away and um, I go, oh, dang it. My skirt's just on the bottom, just above my envelope. I got to dig down and get my earrings out. So I dig down. Guess what? No earrings. We go to the office. Keller <laughs> and she, I'm like, all I did was ceilings. We went in two different rooms. We did an hour of ceilings, two sessions. Do you want to wait while I go look? No, I don't want to wait. I shoot. Did she freeze for anyone else? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was thinking it was me. The most yeah, important the part of the story. <laughs> I get I get a message that says that she found my earrings. So I text my friend because she had said she'd pick them up. So she says, I'm still in town. I'll go get it. Guess where my earrings were? Because I went back to the room and looked. It wasn't there. The lady used my locker. She put the key in her pocket. <laughs> she pulled the key out and went, my, these keys are heavy. My earrings had attached to the keys. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> I got my earrings back. Okay, I got that story. It was just a funny story. But yeah, but my keys were attached. My earrings attached to the keys, and nobody—I didn't notice it. She didn't notice it. No, she <laughs> went back to change. <laughs> okay. That's all I Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a funny story? I just thought. Yeah. It was anyway. <laughs> all right, Jesus Christ in the atonement. <laughs> yep. So, um. Somebody pointed out in in our earlier group that all of the artwork in this book is all from the same artist, which I didn't even consider. I thought they just pulled, you know, different cool images that that portrayed. But um, these are all. If you look in the back of your book, there's an art index. Um, let's see. This is on page three oh nine, I believe. Yeah, three oh nine. And so beneath every single piece of art, there's like a, a footnote number. And so you can look it up in the art index and everything. But um, I don't know, we just had like a, a really interesting discussion. Uh, a, a lot of his pieces, James Tussaud, um, are on display at BYU right now. Um, they're, they're normally at the Brooklyn Museum. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> one thing that we decided that we wanted to do, since they're in black and white in the book and you can't really see them all too well, I'm going to um, any that are in our reading for the, the week, I'll pull those up on the screen and so that we can look at those in color and uh, take a look at them. Um, so uh, only the one on the left is in our, our reading this week. The one on the right, though, is like <laughs> I was flipping through and I was like, oh, that's a cool image. Um, it looks kind of dark, but uh, taking a look at uh, Gethsemane and, and the prayer and, and the angels ministering to him uh, there in Gethsemane. Um, but anyway, I thought these were really interesting images to kind of go along with the atonement this week. Um, 
And yeah, I, I, it was just really interesting that all of these images are from one single artist uh, used throughout this workbook here. What do you think those lights on their forehead are? They look kind of creepy. I know, right? Look at it, yeah. So it's interesting. So if you look down at these two bottom right ones, that they they seem to be kind of like with the the headband here. Mm -hmm. So I don't know uh, whether that is or or not, but um, it seems to me. We were just kind of talking about it last time. How they come bearing light and and giving light to the savior as he's going through his thing. Uh, I don't know, but many different interpretations probably but that's just so it was kind of interesting it's, coming to mind kind of shaped like a flame which then reminds me of the ten virgins like the lamp and mm. the oil yeah yeah all having uh, been prepared with that oil for this moment and stuff but yeah it, it's kind of an, an interesting kind of dark image but um interesting how their fingers their phalanges are so long and how they are just touching him with one, maybe two fingers each. Uh, if that, some aren't even uh, fully touching him or, or anything. But anyway, just really interesting. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we all brought our, our thinking caps on <laughs> because I've done a lot of uh, interesting like word searches and, and things like that. I just wanted to go through a, a couple of my favorite scriptures from this reading, uh, but but feel free to interrupt, bring up your own kind of a thing. Um, but this one in um, Acts, and then I think Romans was my, my next one, um, right? Yeah, Romans, um, were, were just super intriguing to me. So in Acts 13, 38 through 39, I, I did word searches for uh, a few of these different things just to kind of see if they were common words, if they're always translated that way kind of thing. But um, I found the first one intriguing, men and brethren. So the and isn't in the original. And uh, it says, so if we're reading it without that, be it known unto you, therefore, men, brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins and by him all that believe are justified from all and things is not in the original from which you could not have could not be justified by the law of moses so i found it interesting with the men you know that it's basically just stating a, a gender versus the brethren um, really talks about men of the covenant, people who have entered into um, that that special relationship there. You know, like with the emperor-vassal relationship, you know, you call sons and fathers. Here we have brethren uh, denoting a, a covenant relationship. And um, one thing that really popped out to me is how much this these two verses here are pointing to explain the first part of our initiatory. Now, I get that men and, and uh, women's initiatory is a little bit different, but I think that there's a lot to be learned from both in um, this context here. So I'm talking, if you're familiar with the initiatory, if you've got it memorized, the, um, the, the preface or the preamble of the, uh, the washing. So be it known unto you, men sisters brethren of the covenant that through this man 
is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And so um, we've got forgiveness here that um, has a few different occurrences, but it's usually translated as remission. But here it's as forgiveness, but it can also be deliverance or liberty. Um, and, is that in Greek? Uh -huh, yeah, so these ones are in Greek. Well, sometimes and, you go back over and look at the Hebrew too. So that's why I was wondering. So uh -huh. it remission, oh, forgiveness, remission and deliverance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then there's one time that it's translated as liberty. And so um, also there's this other forgiveness tab here that uh, the root word of it, so not this specific conjugation, but the root word of it also has connotations of leaving or, or forgiving, that there's, you're leaving something behind an absolution of, of sorts. So I thought that was interesting. And then um, sins, this, this version of sins, it occurs 174 times and 173 of those times it's translated as this word in English as sins. So uh, it's just interesting. I find how some things are very widely um, translated in, in different contexts, but some things are like, it's always that. So do you uh, get all the, you do all this on Bible Hub, right? Uh, this one, no, I used Lagos for for this one because um, I'm I'm just trying out a new tool and and kind of learning how it works and stuff. I really love the graphs. So <laughs> oh, you didn't make those? You should have just made us think you made those because I was gonna ask you <laughs> I, I compiled them, but no, I I didn't make them at all. Um, but <laughs> so it kind of came from the watch party actually <laughs> that you missed out on. But you know, like in rub the, it in. <laughs> in that uh, documentary they had all of those like graphs and things and mm -hmm. so i went to their their website and, and the software that they use is is called logos.com um and so i was pulling all of these graphs and, and things from there how do you spell that is it l-a-g-o-s l-o yeah it's it's spelled like logos but it's actually pronounced logos in the greek but yeah Wait. just l-o-g-o-s okay that was my, okay Okay. It's kind of a hefty price to pay, but if you want my login, I can get that. Oh, <laughs> Try I it out and look at things. Yeah. But yeah, Bible Hub free. And so I'm just trying out a, a new software, kind of taking a look at it and seeing what we can gain. But um, let's see. And by him, all that believe are justified. And so this justification um, word here um the root of it so again not this specific conjugation but the root of it uh, denotes punishment penalty and justice and so um, it has a lot of insight of what it means to be justified means the uh the fixing or the aftermath of um punishment and penalty uh, to come out of or out from the burden of the punishment and penalty there. And um, and again, things is not in the original. It just says justified from all, from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses, which I find very interesting when we get into Romans here in a second. But anyway, any thoughts or ideas on 
this scripture because I think it's just so interesting to, um, so through Christ, it's preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. By him, all that believed are justified from all, from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Anyway, I, I thought that was just- I, a, Okay, I have something. Yeah. That through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. Hmm. His forgiveness of sins or that we need to also forgive sins? Yeah, that's a very interesting question. Like we need, well, let's see. And then there, sins is offense, right? That one time. Mm -hmm. So we need to forgive offenses as Christ forgives our sins. Yeah. Because it doesn't really say who's forgiving. Mm -hmm. Is it that through this man is preached unto you? Just what's preached is the forgiveness of sins. Who's yeah. doing forgiving? It's not pointing to him and it's not point. I mean, it could be to anyone, right? It's mm -hmm. not a specific, I don't think. Yeah, I hadn't noticed that, but yeah. Um, let me, I'm just flashing well, forward. So this, I mean, let's, we could get a little, I don't know. And by him, all that believe are justified. Them all. Um, that's where we get like people that say you just have to accept Christ and believe in him and call him your savior. Right. Mm -hmm. But that word believe that's a call to action though. Yeah. Cause you have to, to do something in order for that justification to, to take effect. And that's hard because I don't want to say you have to do something because it's not by our works, but it's, we have to become something and we mm. become by doing, right? Yeah. It's putting, I just think doing is putting our faith into action, our belief into action. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's so, interesting. Um, pointing to, not that we're, going to be saying the the words of the initiatory because especially this part is different male to female but um thinking of when we are washed what does that imply here uh, with that that question here of the believing because there are certain actions that are required for that to um to take effect and here um all that believe are justified from all I think that that's an interesting tie in there. But, um, I, I also love that it's teaching that he fulfilled the law of Moses because the law of Moses wasn't going to save you. So stop, yeah, stop. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a call out to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, stop. <laughs> yeah, so uh, specifically along that line, going to the Romans, um, Romans 5, 18 through 21, I thought this was so interesting to, to say this. So in verse 20 here, well, I, I think we have to tackle the whole verse in order to, to understand what 20 is saying. So this one is from the, the new international version because King James gets it totally wrong. Everything about the King James version is wrong. So here's the, the NIV and it says, consequently, just as one trespass, so we're referring to Adam, 
just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act of Christ, atonement, resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. And then here's what I found just so interesting. This is worded so, I don't know, not weird, but <laughs> it says, the law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So what is the purpose of the law according to, to this Romans? The law was brought in so that trespass might increase. Why on earth would we want trespass to increase? And, and isn't that what the law of Moses <laughs> kind of does? Like, it, it's almost impossible to fulfill all of the things. Like you're always going to be in some sort of trespass at any given moment of your life, right? Um, every little thing makes you ritually unclean or impure. And um, the whole law is brought about so that where sin increased, grace increased all the more and so that's kind of like the big point of of the whole law that it had to bring about the trespass so that grace might increase all the more i had never considered it that way but like it, romans 5 is an interesting uh chapter for sure in order to to bring us into this um the fullness of the atonement, what the atonement really does for us, and how it brings us out of the law of Moses, like we just read about here, mm -hmm. from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. There's no way to uh, to reach that justification from it. So, okay, well, I have two thoughts on this. Yeah. <laughs> I thought when it said the trespass might increase meant that man would be born it wasn't just going to be adam and eve now it's all mankind hmm. and oh. that and through mankind we all because you said we all sin right we hmm. all it, sin will increase upon the earth because mankind will now be born yeah. so that was my thought and then the other thought i had is but where sin increased grace increased all the more is that um grace is like expansive uh -huh. um yeah it's just like the more you give it the more you have uh -huh. don't you find that to be true in us like the more we serve the more compassionate we are and the more we we have grace and we want to help more like <laughs> i don't think it's just it's it's like a it's like a gift that we receive when we serve and are compassionate and take care of others, which is just keeps coming back to me that um, going back to the Book of Mormon, remember when I shared about that if we want to retain a remission of our sins, that we will take care of the poor and the needy. Mm -hmm. Like That is, I think that is one of the biggest, oh, okay, it just came to me. You know why that's one of the biggest things that the Lord wants us to do? 
because we're all poor and needy. And he's the one that takes care of us. Um, so, but as we, as like our heart expands and we just want to serve more and we love more and we, and I think it's the same with the, with the savior, right? The more that, the more that we sin, the more, and the more he, because he's helping us, his grace increases, his love, his compassion, his desire to have us back with him and turn towards him increases. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Along with that grace that we can show forth for other people as we grow to love them and work with them and and as as we grow as people mm -hmm. in the gospel, we're more we're more willing to overlook faults and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, that so that, that word for grace um, comes a few different uh, times. So this specific conjugation is translated 130 times as grace, but a few times as thanks, favor, or pleasure. And then there's a few others that have just like one iterance. But um, interesting how, how grace is, is very prominent. And then there's a few other little tweaks and, and variations on it. But yeah, I love them. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, so this is right before this last one that I did. This one's at the bottom of page 43 in our, our workbook here. It's quite a long passage and they, they split it up into two. Um, but just reading through this one, I thought was interesting. It says, but God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And that's where it kind of uh, leads into that, that second part there. But um, I, I liked looking up the, the word for atonement here. Um, because in, in some places it's, uh, well, I guess in, in Hebrew, it's the, the kafar. And, and here we have uh, the, the Greek, which um, this specific word only occurs four times. Twice is reconciliation. Well, I guess three times is reconciliation and one is atonement. I am just looking at that word wrath. Mm-hmm. Because that is not a quality of God. Yeah. Right? Not anger, vengeance, indignation. I just don't think so. I think we shall be saved from wrath. From whose wrath? It's Satan, right? Because he wants to take us down. He is angry. He's the one that's angry and wants vengeance. Yeah. And the chaos we talked about before too, that 
um, whenever we go against law, then we create more chaos, which is gives it's Satan, right? It comes from Satan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think that's in, we'll be saved from wrath through Him. So, so when you think about it, then He's the accuser, and He's the one that's accusing and wanting, wanting. Um, what's the word I'm thinking of? The phrase. Yeah, He wants He, he wants a pound of flesh, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and He's the one that's wrath. He's the accuser, but through Christ we're saved from his wrath. Yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah. I, I love just like looking at, at the words and, and really fleshing that out. It's so fun. Um, I thought this was interesting. So when we're talking about um, uh, death entering into the world, right? Through um, one man sin, Adam here, uh, this past, um denotes to to come or arrive but to spread or pass through so death spread to all men or we can say that death passed through him upon all men and so it's a uh an interesting kind of way to to look at that that passing that was interesting i don't know i just love words (laughs) yeah i like words too we were enemies. Oh, um, you're good. But yeah, so those were my, like, I guess not aha moments, but um, the ones that I kind of got stuck on for, for my own self. So like which passages and, and references here in uh, the atonement really stood out to you as you were studying this week? Oh, the I should have shared this other one too. This <laughs> I don't want to monopolize all the time. But um John um 12:32 I found very interesting. So I mean it's such a simple short verse, but looking at the words I found it very interesting. And it says, "And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me." And so I the first thing was if, like what is this if? Is if this is conditional like he doesn't have to be lifted up or or what does this mean and so there are quite a few times when it's translated as if but sometimes it means except or whosoever or whatsoever and so um i found that interesting to kind of plug in the except uh except i be lifted up from the earth i cannot do these things and so if i be lifted up from the earth this is what will happen um lifted up also means more often than than this is to exalt so um except i be exalted or lifted up from the earth um to to draw all men unto me and then (laughs) sorry i'm just like nerding out over these words but um the word draw means quite a few little things here but often it has a drag or to powerfully attract to haul um to rip away to tear away 
or to draw down. Um, so draw isn't a a passive um, type of of action. It's it, uh, like Lisa said in in our uh, other book club that it, it's not an event. It's more of a process, and and it's not necessarily pain free. That it is a um, because he has performed the atonement, we still have to go through repentance. We have to go through um, things where we're, we're drug about, we are ripped away from our previous selves um, and, and powerfully attracted to him, to where he is above the earth. Um, and, and again, the unto can, can mean to, with, or, or for, but um, anyway, that, that John 12, 32, such a simple verse, but yet I think that it's very profound in its original Greek that uh, gives different kind of connotations or, or thoughts as to what it means to be lifted up and to to be drawn to him. I like that it says draw all men. Yeah. Not just some of us. Yeah. Well, that goes along with Moses. Um, Jenkins. Sorry. <laughs> um, it goes along with Moses. My work and my glory is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man, right? Yeah. All yeah um, I got to answer this phone call and just let her know I'll call her back. But I wanted to look at Matthew 8, 7, no, 2028. 20, mm -hmm. I did have that one. Well, that, that's very interesting with the word search. Matthew, did she say 2028? Uh-huh. <clears throat> yeah, well, what I liked was, yeah, the word ministered. Like, I came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. And I just, like, that's what we're supposed to do. And yet, how often do we need to be ministered? Like, we can minister and minister, but our cup gets empty. And his mm. cup was never empty. I remember in Panama when we were in that bilingual ward, we ran everything, every organization we ran. And it just felt like we were just running ragged. And, and then we wanted to go to, you know, go to sacrament meeting and it was in Spanish and you could tell the translator wasn't doing the best job. And it just loses some in the translation. And it's like, I just... I just need to be lifted and have my cup filled, you know, and I'm just exhausted and yeah. And yet he, like he ministered the whole time who ministered to him. Yeah. That's so powerful in, in what Christ really does. Um, in, in He's his still ministry. ministering, right? Yeah. <laughs> So what, what does minister, what are some that just serve servitude administered? Is that what it is? Oh no, you have two. Yeah. So this one is just kind of like the, the graph of it, but, um, so yeah, like taking a look at the, the root word here. So anytime you have like this little square root symbol, that means the, the root word. So this ministered is conjugated up here but the root word is diakonos, which is our modern deacon, right? And so a deacon is a servant or a minister. 
And so Christ, the son of man, came not to be a deacon. Or I'm not saying, <laughs> I did that exactly opposite. He came not to receive deacons, but to be a deacon and to give his life a ransom for many. And so I found that that very interesting. Um, this this minister, this diaconos, is um, often translated as minister, but um, a serve or servant, serveth, uh, administer, in many different contexts there. Which is the same thing as that he that's greatest of all will be your servant, right? Yeah, be the servant of all. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting that about deacons because they are they the ones that hold the keys to the ministering of angels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, what does that that ministering of angels? If we're plugging that into here, so even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto. I mean, I think that he was ministered unto, but that's not his purpose for coming here, right? But to be a ministering angel, the, that to fulfill those keys and to give his life a ransom for many. You know, just kind of like that artwork that I put up on the, the screen. Like, I think that angels did minister to him. I mean, we have uh, occurrences of that, but um, I lost it. Oh, there it is. Um, but that he is the, the one that ministers to us. He, he pays the full thing. He descends below all and administers even to the least. He's the servant. Uh, anyway, I, I really love that. I just want to look up. I think that kind of goes into, uh, Second Corinthians, they're kind of similar, I think. Yeah. Um, because you know, I don't think I made it that far in my charts or anything, but. So I just wanted to look up ransom in the 1828, is it 1828 yeah. dictionary, whatever? Yeah. I love this, to release from captivity, bondage, or the possession of an enemy. I love that, yeah. In law, a sum paid for the pardon of some great offense and the discharge of the offender. Um, the price paid for procuring the pardon of sins and the redemption of the sinner from punishment. I love that to redeem from captivity or punishment. Yeah. least from captivity, bondage, or the possession of an enemy. Wow, that one's pretty powerful. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, which one did you say? Well, it's, it's on page 44, um, second one down, Second Corinthians 5.18. And it, it talks about the ministry of reconciliation, the, the ministry of reconciliation. I've, I've seen this a couple of times. I don't know where else, but look at that, how reconciliation in the book is lighter. Is it lighter in yours? I don't know. I've got all of my stuff like color coded and different things now. I, don't, I can't see what the original was, but mm -hmm. um, I've just seen that. I didn't know if that meant like, why is it like that? Did it mean something? Mm -hmm. I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know. I would love to see um, the color version of this, like like the computer file or whatever, and uh, see what she's done. Because, um, like you said, that that lighter color. Now I'm starting to kind of see it in. Are you seeing it other places? Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed it before. I don't remember where. Maybe last week. And I wondered what it was because it obviously isn't just the ink went white right there. And mm -hmm. then, it, you know, that's yeah, just certain words. Yeah. I wonder if, you know, like um, when you're on like the Gospel Library app or on the church's website, how in the topical guide itself, the, the word that is referenced to the heading is in italics. I wonder if that's what's going on here. Like those specific italicized words are are in like a lighter color or a, a, they're highlighted in some way, kind of in the color yeah. version. No, I was just gonna look and see is, oh, here's a key. Let's see, does it say? No, it doesn't. I don't see anything there. Oh, right there. Morgan Philpot, Sunday, 7 p.m. Mountain. Um. I just, wow, there, that word minister just really, just because President Nelson has been really emphasizing that so much, right? At least at the beginning of his ministry. Yeah. And so like, oh, um, I must have froze. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're kind of like going in and out of, of freezing. <laughs> Your face is on <laughs> such a funny pose. <laughs> but um, so mother, what did you have on that Second Corinthians? Because that that ministry of reconciliation, I think, is very interesting. Uh, with what like I was just saying there, he he has given us the ministry of reconciliation so what does that look like and we talked about that in the first class this evening and we decided that's anytime we're proxy saviors or we're doing anything with the gathering helping others reconcile with god and so i I couldn't help but wonder if that is why President Nelson uses the word ministry, ministering. Bravo, Stephen. You paid off 11% of your auto loans in the past. Have you read chapter three of that second Corinthians? I've got some stuff like a verse, chapter three, verse three, that I've got some stuff highlighted in it and then. As I go further, you know, three is for, for as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tablets of stone, but in fleshy tablets of the heart. Hmm. But as you go down, where did I see it now? It's talking about he who hath made us able ministered of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. 
but in the ministration of death written and engraven in stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. How shall not the ministration of the spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of the condemnation be glory, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceeding glory. Hmm. So what verses, uh, like beginning and end, did you, did you read there? I started from chapter three, verse three, uh-huh. and then I kind of, where'd I skip to? I think I skipped to six. Where'd I go down to? Six. But I I was studying this last week and I was pulled to here uh-huh. and I'm trying to remember where, but I have it highlighted. So I, I remember it, but I can't remember what got me here that's Uh why when when we went four i'm like wait a minute i because i even have a piece of paper a note stuck in it you know Uh so i would remember to go back but i know i've been because i have to teach young women's this sunday and i've been really you know going through jonah so it had to be something to do with jonah and jonah you know from last week when we talked about you know, going down, 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 he went, you know, Christ went down, Jonah went down, down, down into the wells. I mean, there was so many things as I've been studying deep, deep in that, that from last week connected that I went mm-hmm. all uh-huh. over. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, just as you were reading, I was trying to count how many times like minister or ministry. Exactly. Yeah. And that's not all of it, you know, that is just them few verses. I think I went down to like nine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's talking about when Moses brought the tablets that, you know, them the down and, and that's what in that one part that you were earlier was referencing was Moses and the tablets and. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. There's links. I just haven't figured them all out yet. I, cause I, <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's where I am with like Romans. Like after reading the stuff in, in this uh, section here, I'm like, oh, we learned so much about the atonement through these epistles, like the epistle to the Romans. Like I had no idea that this was explaining things so deeply and so thoroughly. But now, like what you're pointing out here with Second Corinthians, oh my goodness, I'm so excited for New Testament this next year. <laughs> I'm going to be like deep diving so many different things. But man, I know there's just I think with the deep, even with the Old Testament that we, you know, we went, you know, if you've really studied, you got to go deep because it's deep anyway. Mm-hmm. That it's pulled out so many things to connect in with that it. it's like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm how i why'd i never see this or why did look at this and then you just keep going and some some days it's like i don't want to stop people (laughs) go home get out of here (laughs) (laughs) what chapter of second corinthians are you in chapter three okay because i was in five yeah so that five has that that ministry word there but but chapter three has it a ton. It's 
Oh, yeah, it also has re reconciliation. So yeah, in five. And you were talking about reconciliation by being saviors on my zone, but I think we are reconciled with God through repentance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think there's a difference between repentance and remission of sins, at least by Elder Bednar. So, um, and then I found a verse, I'll put it in the chat because it was from a talk. Um, and I remember of why Christ was lifted up, or at least why he said, see if I, yeah, it does has a spacing. And it was from DNC 18. It says, behold, Christ, your redeemer suffered death in the flesh. Wherefore he suffered the pain of all men that all men might repent and come unto him. Yeah. So well that was from a talk that I just love. It's called the very root of Christian doctrine. And it's so good. That's from Bednar, you said? Huh? No, that's not Bednar. That one is oh. Griffith. It was a BYU. Um, Elder Bednar something is, has remission of sins in the title, I think. Uh-huh, yeah. Because this one that you posted in the chat wasn't familiar with me, but the Bednar one. No, it's from, it's called The Very Root of Doctrine by... Um, something griffith what's his first name thomas b griffith thomas okay here i'll put i'll put the i'll put the link in mm -hmm. it's really oh it's an excellent talk i could keep going back to it because i've i printed it out a long time ago and mm -hmm. marked it all up and it's it's like one of the best one of the best talks about oh. the atonement i think Well, then if you go over to chapter six of Corinthians, I mean, just the heading is now is the day of salvations. God's ministers must walk uprightly and bear all things. Saints should not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So just all of second Corinthians, we need to study that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm just, all right. I was actually looking at three that word glory is so much in there so i just kept reading yeah it's all over in there but 14 was super interesting i haven't got that far wait but, no, I guess I have. chapter it's 14 like, or whatever yeah, i thought you meant i thought you meant chapter 14 at first yeah second corinthians 3 verse 14 okay. but their minds were blinded talking about israel okay wait let's start with verse 13 and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished, but their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. I just, that veil is done away in Christ. So then I looked at that and it, goes to the footnote goes to types of jesus christ in anticipation types of yeah in jesus christ types in anticipation yeah types of in yeah in anticipation of christ and then also veil but i just thought and then the next one but even unto this day when moses is read the veil is upon their heart that is not where we think of a veil is on yeah. our hearts. 
No. Nope. Think of it on our mind, over our eyes, but it's on their heart. And then it, it footnotes it to well, link that with link, Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Link that with hard heartedness. Yep. That's what it takes you to in the topical guide. Yep. But you don't think of your veil. You don't think of your heart being veiled. You think of your mind and your eyes being veiled. Mm -hmm. Veil was but, taken away. That's why Joseph saw Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. You know, um, you, you know, the veil of the temple. That's when you go into the presence. You know, you can't see, but you don't think of it as your heart. So that's kind of a yeah interesting thing to think about. And that the veil is done away in Christ. Hmm. And interesting, I mean, not to get <laughs> too far off, but like in our, our temple trainings, how um, our, our new temple president has just been really going over this about the symbolism of the veil of the temple, that mm -hmm. the veil itself is Christ, and yet the veil is done away with Christ or in Christ with these scriptures here and how we can come through that to God's presence. Um, with all of these reconciliation um, uh, scriptures here in this chapter, that was something that really stood out to me this time of every time it's talking about reconciliation, it's talking about reconciliation with God, not with Christ. It's through Christ, but the reconciliation is always with God. So like the second Corinthians one here, it says that, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. Wait, where are you? What verse? Um, in the, the workbook here, the second Corinthians. Oh, 5, oh sorry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh -huh. And so there's that one. Um, let me find another reconcile. Oh, the next one, the Ephesians 2.16 that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross. So it's always by Christ, but the reconciliation is to God. Um, on the previous page, the Romans, um, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Um, let's see, is there more reconciliation ones? There, there's a lot more, like propitiation and stuff as well. But anyway, the reconciliation is always with God. And, and that it's through Christ or through the veil, which is done away with, um, and, and then we can come into his presence. But anyway, I just thought those three things were like really connected and it was aha moments for me all week. Yeah. I don't even understand Ephesians 2.16. To reconcile yeah, both unto God. I think we need to read up ahead. Like that's to me, that scripture doesn't even make sense alone. Uh huh. Yeah. That's what I find a lot with some of these topical guide things. It's like you have to read the whole context before and after to kind of really get some of that. Okay, Let me go. Let's go look at it. Ephesians 2. Okay, so it kind of starts there in verse 11, that, that thought process. 
It says, Wherefore, remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope but without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in the flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. And then here, well, yeah, and then here's the, the verse. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you, which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. What is this both? Let's see. Both is referring to... That he might reconcile both unto God. What is both? And then again, it says it in verse 18. That we both, that through him we both have access. I think both us and Christ. Maybe. I don't know. So in my, oh, great, where'd it go? I, <laughs> I clicked on it and I went, oh, there it goes. Um, in in Logos software here, it says the, the footnote for both means Jew and Gentile. Okay. Because it did talk about the Gentiles up above and comparing uh -huh. the Jews. Okay, so that makes so, sense. Yeah, so it's talking about the uncircumcised and the circumcised, the Jew and the Gentile, that they, um, that they can, there's no okay, middle wall of partition sense. between us anymore. That makes sense now. It just was like, when I read that, I'm like, what does it mean reconcile both? What is, when I just read that scripture alone, it didn't make mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. But you have to go back a ways to figure out what it's talking about. Yeah. I'm writing that in my notes. I don't have to do that. Yeah, me too. Oh, but I mean, just reading the verse 16 there and that he might reconcile both jew and gentile unto god in one body by the cross having slain the enmity or hatred or the animosity whatever you want to substitute there huh. the, okay so when we're talking enmity are we talking about between the jew and the gentile uh-huh or enmity that natural man has to God. Yeah. So, um, have any abolished in his flesh the enmity between the, the the two? So between Jew and Gentile. Uh huh. And making peace.
That's a very interesting one. I know that I, to me, there's almost just not enough time to take each one of these snippets and like look at it in its full context. I mean, that would take forever because like that Ephesians one, I mean, you probably need to do the whole chapter, but yet, you know, we're just taking a few verses before and after and it starts amplifying and meaning more. But like that second Corinthians one, I mean, man, you really have to go back to prior chapters even and, and really get uh, a lot of that ministry. Yeah, I just love this, this study, the topical guide study, because I mean, like, I thought I knew Christ pretty well, but I'm starting to learn so much more about the the nuances of each of these like topics or names or, or, or titles of Christ. Um, like the atonement throughout all of this has, has really deepened for me. I don't know, even though I know it <laughs> needs to go even deeper, but um, it's amazing how we because there's so much to read all the time, right? I mean, we have four canons of scriptures and just endless <laughs> uh, things to, to study, but... And we're under condemnation for not doing it enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it seems overwhelming. Um, it, it brings me back to like Bednar's talk, the, the Reservoir of Living Water talk that he gave at BYU, that like front to back is great. The, the chronological or, or whatever you want to call it, um, that, that's a good start, but it'll only give you a drip of living water. And so if you want to increase your drip of living water to a, a more steady flow, you study things topically. But if you really want to drink from the reservoir of living water, you search for connections, patterns, and themes. And, and he goes through that. And even in his books, he amplifies that even more. But I, I'm, I'm finding it so much here. Like how many times have I read the gospels just, you know, front to back as we do with our, our, our Sunday school kind of study schedule and everything. But topically, this topical guide study for Jesus Christ has been like amazing looking at how all of these different prophets, apostles, and, and, and others have, have testified of the same things in different nuanced ways to, to give a complete picture of the whole. It's like nobody has the complete picture of Christ, but they have puzzle pieces that all go together as we are um, piecing together what the atonement really means for me personally. All of these have really strengthened it, even though like I know it's going to increase even more. But um, anyway, it, it's just been so fun. Can we just look at Hebrews 9.28 real quickly? Yeah. More times just about up. Um, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time. I'm all good with that. Without sin unto salvation. Who is without sin? We already know Christ was that without sin the first time. So why a second time without sin? Or is that the people he's appearing to? Very interesting. I hadn't read that deep into it. A second. I'm pulling up the verses to kind of take a look at it. Because it seems kind of weird that he would be telling us Christ is appearing the second time without sin, because it makes it sound like he was sinful the first time. 
That's why I'm wondering if that's to the people. I think that's probably to the Jewish people. Oh, you think it's to the Jewish people? I mean, they killed him. They didn't. Yeah, that's a good point. Who he was. Who was this written to? It's Hebrew. So was it written to the Jews? Probably not. <laughs> probably not. But it says for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Anyway, it just seems like. Yeah, so here's a little bit of context with the preceding verses. So starting in like verse 24, I, this is really interesting. Um, so it says, for Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. You know, we read that one in, in advocate study, right? nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others for then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world but now once in the end of the world he hath appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself and it is appointed unto men once to die but after this, the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. So I, I don't think it's talking about him without sin. I think so. it, it's, he's going to appear and not have to suffer again like the high priest used to have to suffer every year and and make a sacrifice kind of thing he already made it but this time he's going to appear to a world that, that doesn't have sin because he's paid for it it's a one and done thing yeah that's what i'm thinking so christ was offered to bear the sins of many and unto them who are them the the people it's the many right yeah that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin so unto well, this, you got to go back in in this i've got stuff highlighted all over in this portion oh, good. too good because i don't because in i mean if you even if you go back in on the chapter eight this is where he's making the new covenant with israel and in verse 10 you know he's talking about the covenant and and put it in write it in their minds and their hearts and all of this and remember all that and then when you get into chapter nine and it says well eight uh, verse eight the holy ghost was this signifying that the way into the holiest of all because he's talking about the tabernacle and why he brought down the tabernacle what it was supposed to represent for them and it says which was a a, a figure which was a type for the time then the present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience, uh, which stood only in meats and drinks and divers. But then it goes down to 11. But Christ being come on high and became a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. I think he's talking about, I mean, he's telling them, but he's talking to everybody about 
new covenant and it's not Moses and it's not it, it's about putting it all on your heart and I mean I've got clear highlighted down to verse 15 and then again over into 21 through 28 so I got my phone sorry <laughs> but yeah that's so interesting so we need to add all of Hebrews <laughs> into our, our study to, to get that. That's so interesting. Well, it's understanding what the new covenant is. Yeah, it's, it's breaking it down into every part. We, we volunteered, we went down in our state when the, this very last, before it went down, the tabernacle went down to St. George. So, you know, I was trying to, study deeper in that also to help the kids because they were like oh i want to be in the holy of holies and i says well yeah do you know what that represents and they're like well that's where they had the the staff of aaron you know they're going on and i says do you know what that represents <laughs> I'm like, mm -hmm. in our temple what would that represent they're like i don't know i'm like what's the goal i mean i was breaking it down i wanted to pull it from i'm not just say okay it's what rooms do we go through to get to the celestial room you know and what does the celestial room and the veil and and it was so i had been going through a lot of that and i know that's when i was looking to these because i was doing the you know made with no hands and and all of that trying to get some of that solid in my head but now again here we're connecting it to you know other stuff it's i mean it is it's amazing yeah it seems like when the mysteries get opened up there's more mysteries right they're exactly <laughs> it's like oh my gosh i found that link and then it's like oh whoa 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 let's back up that, yeah that, <laughs> That's we just read holy. Jeremiah and Ezekiel, and I think that'll help you with what the new covenant is too. Oh yeah, that's very much so. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Any other uh, final scriptures before we wrap up for the night? There's so many fun ones in here. Let's see. We're doing 40. What page is next? Uh -huh, yeah. So we're going to finish out the rest of 46. the atonement. So it'll go through page 51. Okay. Okay. Got it. So yeah, it'll be all the, the restoration scriptures. Uh, there's a few of these chapters in this book, or I guess entries, um, that are just really long. And so we'll split them into two. But um, anyway, that'll... Um, be for next week so one thing to anticipate next week is just fine but the next week after that december 6th um we're not going to have this specific hour um there's a, a q a with avraham on on december 6th at 7 p.m mountain standard time and so that'll uh, just we'll have our five o'clock one but we won't have this this eight o'clock one but next week will be just fine, and I'll I'll remind us again before we get there too. Is that out a link to get signed up for that yet? Um, I I don't believe so. Okay. Um, 
it'll probably be just a, a week or so ahead of time. I'll make sure that everyone uh, gets that if you're not already signed up for the um, book clubs or, or the newsletter. Well, well, and I did seen it and then I've been looking for it because I didn't know if it had, when it would get sent. It said, you know, more to come, but I uh -huh. have missed Yeah, something. I haven't seen a, a link <laughs> for it yet. Um, there's something else I was going to say about that. And I can't remember what it was. But, I'm sorry. Um, oh, no. Um, with the, the book clubs. So, yeah. Um, if anybody wants to sign up for the book clubs, I know that they're going to be starting. Ours is starting in January. But uh, I believe the rest of the books are going to be starting in, like, mid-February. Because they, they couldn't stick to a schedule like we could. <laughs> and so they went a little bit over. <laughs> but um, uh, with like Isaiah Decoded or Apocalyptic Commentary, uh, I don't know all of the different ones that they're doing, but if anybody wants information on that, um, uh, that's coming up soon, and, and I'll make sure that everyone gets it, but yeah. Um, so time for next week, I think that's it. <laughs> I can keep my brain on. And then um, we won't be studying for the last two weeks in December. So the 20th and the 27th will, is that, just a second. Yeah, 20th and 27th will we'll take off. Um, but yeah, so, <laughs> this is an interesting one that's popping up on my calendar. So December 13th is our book club anniversary. We're officially two years oh, old. Wow. Oh wow. We started in December of 20 Well, that's when I first pitched the idea to Massa's Facebook group if anybody wanted to join. And then we started in in January. See, I always thought it was fall that we started, but it was in the early year, huh? Mhm. Mm yeah. We started January with Abraham. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's been quite a journey. We've went plowed through quite a few books. <laughs> So glad you did this it just it's just it's been amazing it's been a amazing and fun and great run you know it's been awesome it has been so fun and thank you for not stopping exactly i could <laughs> i was second and third and fourth and fifth that you, you tried i tried and, and it's kind of hard with like <laughs> how late was i mother for the five o'clock <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I was real late but uh, sometimes it works sometimes it just doesn't with my new schedules and things it's, it's a little interesting <laughs> we're gonna have some we did okay though yeah i i even had bernie pray okay <laughs> but i'd hurry up <laughs> that's funny but yeah and so if anybody um hasn't uh Listen, the, the second podcast for um, the Cosmism is is out. Uh, the third one will be uh, coming up this Saturday. It's already filmed. We just got to, I'm just posting it every week. Um, there was something else. Oh, family history wise. Doesn't pertain to this group. <laughs> but um, yeah, anything else before we head out for the night? If not, we'll... Thanksgiving to everybody. Yeah. yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. <laughs> see you on the flip side. Yeah, we'll see you all next week for Atonement Part 2. All right. Have a great Thank week, you. everyone. Good Thank night. you. Bye-bye. Good night.